This is Ursula Hogan and welcome you to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events that are or were in the news. Scarafogunlo Kamogi Club held its victory dinner dance last Saturday night. The guest of honour at the event was the RT journalist Marie Crow, who hails from Six Mile Bridge. Jim Collins chatted with Marie about sporting issues and about her connection with East Clare. We're here at the presentation of the Scarafogunlo uh, Awards at the Woodstock Hotel, and I'm with the special guest of honour tonight, Marie Crow. Marie, you're very welcome. Thanks very much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I brought my mother, uh, Bernie Crow, with me, a Scarif native, and I have to say, meeting a few cousins and aunties and uncles, it brought back memories of spending summers um, up in Scarif in Clonuscar and meeting all the same people that I met when I was a child. It's brilliant. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you are well connected with the club, or uh, with the area as well, because as you say, your mother was there, but your first cousin, Ashling Corrie, is also um, on the team. Yeah, so I haven't, I hadn't seen Ashling much since she was a baby, but um, her mother and father, Sheila and Martin, I often used to stay with my granny who lived just down the road from her, and so I was so familiar with her and um, all of her family, and sure, all of my cousins, really. <laughs> Now, I know you're a good bridge woman, um, born and bred in Six Mile Bridge, but uh, you must be delighted to see a Clare team doing so well on the national stage in Camogie. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And I mentioned when I was chatting earlier about when I was growing up and my own club, Six Mile Bridge, were a really prominent team at that time and they were winning Munster titles and they were one of the most successful club teams going but I was lucky enough to see all of those women around the village and to be coached by some of them and some of them were mothers of my friends so the impact that a successful team can have on the generations coming through is just brilliant because it, they completely inspired those young girls coming up because the heroes that they have are around them they're seeing them in the shops they're seeing them um, when in school they're seeing them on school runs they're seeing them down the pitch and um, I think that's probably the best impact that a team can have is on the next generation coming through but I think when a team in a county is successful outside of the county at provincial level and you would hope someday they might go on to, to win a club all Ireland that just raises the standards everywhere and raises the expectation and you know it puts Claire Camogie in a conversation at national level as well and you know we, we saw it in the 90s when our men's teams were club teams were doing well with the likes of Six Mile Bridge and Dewar Bearfield and Wolfe Tones and Clare Castle our men's county teams were doing really really well as well so I think having a good club good strong senior championship and senior clubs can only mean good things for the county in general I know and I suppose you know you mentioned in your chat as well about uh, women's sport and you mentioned you were you were today uh, you were at a seminar in in Galway on ladies football Um, and I suppose in the past the the whole notion that Camogie was certainly in second place to to hurling uh, Mm -hmm. around the country Um, hopefully it's coming out of that what do you feel, let's say, the, the notion that uh, hurling, camogie, ladies football, that the whole lot are one organisation at one, at one level, nobody looking to, for permission to use a pitch mm-hmm. belong to the lads, you know, and that goes on around the country. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I've seen it firsthand just from a journalism point of view when I'm looking at what games are coming up in a, in a week's time or in two weeks' time and you're looking at fixtures and it's TBC beside it. And it's very difficult to promote games and promote a product when you don't know where the games are going to be on and you've no details on them. So I think if we could get to a situation where there is equality of opportunity for 
all men, women, boys and girls and that's what the GPA have said that they want that equality of opportunity for everybody that the GAA will be a better community more inclusive community and I think ultimately it will keep girls and women in the game as well because they will be treated the same and they, you know, they won't have to feel like they're an afterthought or second class citizens they'll know that they're part of a club that treats everybody the same and that's all that we want and you know we see we say sport reflects society well you know we want our GA clubs to reflect society and is that that is an equal society and equal quality within GA clubs I think it's going to take a lot of time the GPA have been really strong pushing it um, GPA themselves have a lot going on but we know at the heart of what they want is equality for for everyone and they want one organization one association um, we've started that process now and hopefully I think it'll probably take a decade but you'd like to see maybe in that time that there will be real change and you know we've seen what the GPA can do in terms of expenses and that front and, and getting grants for the the camogie players and the latest footballers so you know I think if they put their weight of their association behind this um, this one club um, future then it will mm. get there and you have one club and so I'm thinking of Clarecastle mm. for example yeah they do a number yeah, yeah. of clubs there's, there's yeah. only one checkbook in the club and, and it's one organisation, and it's, it seems to be, as you said, the way forward. Yeah, you definitely have that, and but I, I think that you know, in a lot of one clubs, there, you know, they might be that. But if the under eight boys and the under eight girls are both in a county final, who's going to get the pitch? You know, like I, I don't think we could sit here and say that the under eight girls would get it ahead of the under eight boys or whatever. Likewise, the under twelves or the under fourteen. So, um, the facilities are, are the big problem um, within, I think, every county anyway. Um, Claire obviously leading the way with their own pitch and it's amazing amazing to see I think Armagh are, are doing something quite similar um, but there are situations where inter-county teams have to rent pitches off their own um, off their, their male counterparts which is a very frustrating situation to be in um, but I just think for just for everything you know not just for for pitches but just for how we are as a society and, and culturally I think it would be great to see everybody under the one umbrella and treated the same because it's I think it's always hilarious that people don't know that the three associations are one and I'm surprised by that in my job I'd say on a monthly basis where we're talking about things like this and, and people whether they're just um, people from other sports are always shocked that the three associations aren't under the one umbrella um, I feel like I'm going on a bit now, but I yes, was at a golf, no, a golf I mean, thing and recently. Yeah, and I was at a golf thing recently, and, and, and golf Ireland now are just one umbrella, and they have women um, as part of it. And it took them a little while to figure out the best way to, to do it, um, but they've got there. And you know, it's time for the GA now well, to do the same. And as you know yourself, Maria, because you're you're involved in sport as well as reporting in sport, um, the the girls, the Scarlett O'Gunlow girls. I mean. The, the level of training, the ferocity and the, the amount of time and effort that they put into training compares with any of the lads. Yeah, it does. Like They make the exact same sacrifices. Um, the, their output in training is the exact same. Um, the efforts that they put in, the exact same. So, um, you know, and, and I think there's been huge improvements within county boards. We've seen it within our own Clare County Board here. You know, they're, they're definitely been treated an awful lot better. But I think that there's... A long way to go in terms of just being treated the same and you know I think if there was equal access to the funds and the sponsorships and everything that was coming into a county as well that the girls would really feel the benefits of it. I know and yourself Marie because um, you're used to asking questions as you said before we started <laughs> not answering but um, how, how are you enjoying your career and you seem to have a passion for 
what you do and uh, it doesn't look like work when we see you doing it. Well, that's for sure. Um, I love it, but sure, look, I was born and raised on it. As you know, Six Mile Bridge, one of seven. My father involved in every sport under the sun brought us to everything and, you know, he was involved with the Clare Seniors when I was young and my earliest memories and our... Um, my earliest memories are a very successful club manager over exactly, the last few yeah, years. Exactly, yeah, and I got to interview him then as well. So um, <laughs> brilliant. But look, I think because I have that um, those experiences, it makes me love the job even more because I don't know any different than talking about sports, than thinking about sport, than living a life that revolves around sport. So I'm really lucky that I now do it for my job. And of course, my husband then as well is an intercounty football manager, and then I have three children who are all playing sports. So I don't really have time for anything else. So that's why it doesn't make it seem like it work because it all, it's all just a way of life, really. Yes. Well, Marie Crow, listen, we're delighted to have you on Scariff Bay Community Radio. We'll continue to tag you whenever <laughs> anything do. is gone. And uh, many thanks for uh, talking to us here today. Thanks so much, and thanks for chatting as well. Killaloo Library are working on plans to offer a course on how individuals could research their genealogy both online and in the libraries. Mary Newham from the Killaloo Library spoke to Jim Collins about the initiative. Well, today I'm with Mary Newham from Killaloo Library and we're going to have a chat in relation to uh, possible developments and courses available from the library. Mary, you're very welcome to Scariff Bay Community Radio. Thank you, Jim. Mary, um, uh, I suppose genealogy is is something that a lot of people are very interested in, and and we're we're going through the the census at the moment, and we've just completed the census uh, last week or last weekend, and uh, we were invited to um, write a little piece for those who come after us, which they won't see for a hundred years. But uh, I suppose there there is a fair interest in genealogy in the area, Mary? Well, in the library now, we would get a lot of people, I suppose, visiting in the summer, in before COVID times, who would be coming maybe in from England or Australia or New, or New Zealand or America, who would be tra- tracing their roots. And so we would have a lot of dealings with visitors, but I also know there's a lot of people that I know in general who are interested in where they come from and, um, you know, the methods needed to, or the information needed to find find out about people in the past. Yes. And I suppose, Mary, in the past, it would have been necessary to do a fair bit of trekking to various repositories of information and record where records are kept. Uh, whereas nowadays, with the, with the advent of the internet and broadband, uh, it's uh, it's it's quite a bit easier. There are a lot of websites now. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention them, but um, that where you pay a subscription. Then there's the free Mormon site, um, Family Search, where they're collecting all the births, deaths, and marriages on that as well. So there's free access to some websites, and then you've got the paid subscription ones. So there is a lot out there. And even things like Ancestry and Find My Past that you subscribe to, you can get, you know, prison records. You can, I mean, I know from around Killaloo when I was doing a project last winter, you could find out about, you know, what court cases, the petty sessions from 100 years ago. I mean, yes. you can get more detail than just the names and dates. And there's the newspaper archives that are online as well. So the, when I was researching my son's background, I found about his 
great-grandfather Thomas Goss, who was the cycling champion of Ireland in the 1890s. So there's record, there's information about him in Dublin and different meets he went to. So there is a lot online, but I suppose the first step is also putting people in, you know, starting with yourself and then you're going backwards. It's kind of a process, really. You work from what you know and go backwards. So, you know, there's a bit of time even just looking at you know, getting everybody's information correct and maybe stories, oral history could be brought into a family history project um, because you don't want it just to be a plain birth, death, marriages. You want the stories about people, what jobs they did, um, interests they had. There's many aspects of it, really. Yes. And the places they lived in, I suppose there's a lot more place um, you know, if you think of people living in Killaloo and the different jobs and it, looking at the censuses from 1901 and 1911, you get a picture of what the community was doing as a whole. So you can bring in who's the neighbours and who married, did they meet somebody and marry somebody from across the street and the connections. Yes. Yeah. Really, I suppose there's a whole, it's like a big puzzle, I find. <laughs> I know. And I mean, looking at programmes like, for example, Who Do You Think You Are?, uh, and I know, you know, there's probably a good bit of money spent uh, researching in, in but, but it does show that the amount of information and the wealth of information that there is out there, I suppose, waiting to be uncovered for, for most of us. Yes, uh, there is. There's, um, I think it's harder to go back more than a couple of hundred years unless you were wealthy, I would imagine, in Ireland from what I've seen of doing my son's family background um i'd get to a point about 1800 and if you're more the working class it's harder to find information you might get griffith's valuation and you know some idea of where they're living um yes but the wealthy there's always more records relating to wealthier people i suppose is what i'm saying here it is indeed and i suppose the the civic or the civil record started when 1864 i think 18, and yes. and the church records will say of the local catholic parishes they varied you know from maybe the 1840s 50s would be but so to go back further than that uh, as you say you'd have to have a bit of uh, wealth behind you that's right. Um, it's, um, it's, as I say, a big puzzle. There are bits and pieces like the Tyver Plotman books and I suppose it's just luck, really. Or if your family was in the military and you might have to access, say, records from the UK, um, Imperial War Museum or different records there for military backgrounds. Um, so there are some... Some occupations, I suppose, that they're easier to find information. Okay, so Mary, I know you're you're in the planning stage at the moment. Um, when do you think the 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 course will be uh, up and running? Okay, well, we're hoping to get enough people. We're kind of restricted in our space in the library, so we don't want to over well in the space and people be nervous you know since we are still in the pandemic but we're looking at say maybe 10 people who are enthusiastic about starting off and finding information and we've got some funding the county librarian has proposed a certain amount of money from the creative island funding to um 
So I'm going to ask Claire, um, Jane Halloran Ryan from Claire Roots to do a series of lectures, first of all. So everybody kind of starts off knowing what the basis, basic materials open to them, or, you know, where you could go to the record office in Ennis, and that will probably be a, another trip as well that we'll go there and Peter Byrne there will give he, he said he will give us a tour around and say what he has available in the record office in Ennis and um, she'll do the basic groundwork I suppose and then after that we'll start putting pens to paper and people asking family what they know and we'll start off as a club where we'll, we'll just keep going as long as people are interested really. Yes. And am I right in thinking that you're not looking for people with, with any experience in genealogy? Uh, you're, you're, you're looking at people starting from scratch. That's right. It's beginners, really. Um, some people may have been dabbling on the Internet. but it's, I mean, it's, they've just done bits and pieces, say, on Family Search, which is free on the, online, and they want to know more about other records that are, you know, you can go to Ennis or whichever their county library is that their back, family background is from. Because I'm not assuming that everybody's from Clare who lives in Killaloo, Ballinar area who might turn up. They could be, you know, people move around. So it's basically to find out what records are out there and then they can go to their own county libraries um, or record offices but have the basic information to know what they're looking for. Yes. So um, if, if you're from so, Limerick or Tipperary or Galway, uh, there's still something in this. Or if your ancestors are from those places, there is still something in this for you. Oh, for sure. It's not going to be, oh, it's just Claire. Yes. Um, that we're looking at. It's for anybody from anywhere. I mean, it could be people from abroad who may have some Irish background and they want to find out where their families are from as well, who are settled in the area. So... Mm. You know, anybody who's interested who, if they want to give us a shout here in Killaloo Library, we'll put names down and see what interest we have. Okay. So we could start it sooner or, you know, we could start it in September if people prefer to have the summer off and not stop and start over the summer. So, I mean, just going to put it out there and see what interest is, is first, first of all. Lovely. And, and that's the best thing to do in order to find out what the interest is. Mary, Mary Newnham, uh, listen, every success with this, because I have a feeling that uh, a lot of people will want to, even though you can only take 10 at a time. But I think over time, a lot of people will want to get involved and look up there. You know, there's a great thirst out there, I think, for people looking up their, their ancestry. So we wish you every success with the project, Mary. Okay, thank you, Jim. So, yes, as I say, if anybody wants to contact us, Killaloo Library, um, you can go online and send us an email or else on um, 061-376-062 and either talk to myself or Bronya and we'll reserve a place for them. Good stuff. Okay, Mary, many thanks for joining us today on Scarif Bay Community Radio and please God, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarf Bay Community Radio.